You are listening to Get Real Podcast. We're back again. Glenn, you know one of my favorite heavy metal bands. Elder Barge. <laughs> <laughs> to the beat of the, the rhythm of the night. Uh, we're kind of like the, the Beavis and Butthead of theology <laughs> and metal DeBarge. or something. I don't know what it is that we do here exactly. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. The coffee made me say it. Um, one of my favorite heavy metal bands is Nevermore. Um the vocals, the the tightness, the musicality, the the depth of lyrical content, the reality, yeah, the reality of it. Um, I do grieve over the fact their their singer did pass away in yeah. in Brazil um, a few years ago, and uh, but he was uh, wonderfully talented. I had the privilege of being able to see them once live. Did you? Where did yes. you see him at? In Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. And okay. I only got, we got there late. I got one song. That's all I got. But you got there. I got there. You got there. And um, they're, they're just really good. thing I really love about him musically, the voice talent, just he could rise above the mix. It was... Well, he was uh, trained in opera, wasn't he? Yes, I yeah. believe he was. And yeah. I believe their former band was Sanctuary. Um, and then they turned into Nevermore. And they tried to... They came out... Their producers and agents were trying to get them to go grunge, and they're I remember like, you "We're a metal me band. We're a metal band." And, hey, I like grunge. Nothing against grunge, but it wasn't what they had in the in the core of what they wanted to express. I do know, and I grieve over the fact that he was very anti-Christian, mm-hmm. or what he thought was Christian, which is oh, it's yeah. grieving, right? Yeah. I don't yeah. want to see anybody have a. Um, they hate Christ and see that God is, and then they throw themselves into the nothingness of atheism. I, I, I don't really get that. We were in some murky depths of talking about the Sabbath, and we started out talking about goat sentience and just, you know, there's a goat in the backyard looking at the curious goings on within the house, the sights, the sounds, the well, what is going on in there, and a goat trying to interpret the higher purposes behind what you are doing as a man in your family is kind of like us looking at the things of God, trying to think, can I even understand this? And without God, there again, Nicholas of Cusa, um, without God revealing to us and giving us faith and illuminating us to even be able to understand or conceive, we cannot conceive God. We're the polygon trapped inside the circle. Now, however many times we get sides and we go into the similitude of a circle, we will never, ever be changed into a circle. So it's very difficult, if not impossible, for the finite to be able to understand the infinite or infinite. So the goat looking in your back door going, trying to make sense of uh, all I can think about is, do I eat that? Do I headbutt that? Do I mate with that? Right? That's kind of how we are with God. But also if we interject AI to man, the AI can never be a living soul. No. It can't. No, be. it's impossible. And even a fallen soul, which is kind of going to bring us to Nevermore Sentient Number Six or Sentient Six. And there's a lot of background about this. There's a lot of. To me, this is one of the most brilliant metal songs ever. It is, and it reminds me of the reimagined Battlestar Galactica that was on uh, Sci-Fi several years ago. Ran for a long time. One of the main characters, um, you got to be in the spirit when you're watching it because you'll stumble real quick, guys, as you're watching Sentient Does number that mean six. they're women on there? <laughs> Cylon number six, yes. Oh, are, she is a woman. Oh, yes, she is. That uh, changes yes, the whole dynamic it, of the song. Uh, uh, yep. Um, it's uh, it's uh, it's an uh, interesting thing. I think that this has something to do with it came out around that time uh, hey, from the research that I did. If but, you're going to have a robot rise up and kill everybody, it could at least be a hot It's got to be a hot robot. We're <laughs> <laughs> horrible. You, you hear, heard it here on the Get Real podcast. It's got to be a hot one. And robot. believe it or not, this is going to have something to do with the Sabbath day. Would you put in this coffee? <laughs> All right. You ready to rock, dude? It is good coffee, okay. but I am ready. All right. Old Beefy Fingers. Remember Beefy Fingers back at the radio station? Okay. Old Beefy Fingers is ready to roll. Here we go. Bye. 
heavy <laughs> from a song perspective i love it that is I mean, musically it's just it's genius well there's some things here glenn it's it's quite meaty and i think it does relate to some of the things that we were talking about mm-hmm. and i find it interesting i'm sentient number six the numerology part of it as yeah, far as big time number six um and even he would be beneath that. But you have this robot, he or she of a robot. Pick your gender. <laughs> yeah, I guess with robots, that's fine. It's it's okay. They they don't have souls. <laughs> they so. do have gender fluidity. Yeah, they do. Robots could. Ro- robots could. They could just yeah. call Mister Potato Head down there. <laughs> <laughs> do whatever they want do what to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go, Mr. Potato. Stacy, add that one to the to the thesaurus, uh, please. Um, I am sentient number six. I stand in line. I am the prototype of benign of a benign convenience for mankind. Superior is digital. Human flesh so trivial. I hate that I can't see the one that made me. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, it's gone a million miles. Well, there's the obvious. Ooh. You know, living in this day with movies, comic books, all the sci-fi, everything, people are kind of familiar with the whole Isaac Amzabob, the three laws, the iRobot, the things that are going on. With AI, it's this false consciousness, and it's adapting. So they make this robot. He's like, I'm going to take care and be of a convenience for mankind. Make our lives easier. Make our lives easier. And on a local basis, it could look and go, oh, master needs this. And, you know, he's helping, he's doing this, but he's learning and observing. And when he talks about superior is digital, human flesh so trivial, cognitive dissonance, the ability to to be feeling and thinking two contradictory things at the same time without even knowing that, okay? When you have a machine that's very digital, it's kind of, it's black or white, it's a one or a zero, it's a yes or it's a no. And when you have somebody that's like, don't be cruel to the animals, but kill your baby, right? Yeah. When, when you have cognitive dissonance, you have this, that man, we think in our natural born hypocrisy, our fallenness, that we're doing this and we stand for righteousness when we're really a thief and a murderer and an adulterer of heart, mm-hmm. if not in application or practice. And a machine is gradually learning your ways. And he hears what you say and he's like, oh, I must learn this. And he watches you. And even if he's programmed, the, help me, but uh, the three laws were something about you can never do any harm to a human. You need to uh, protect the human. In other words, you you can do no harm. So it was all these programs that tried to make it so that you would not go up and like punch your master in the face, right? Right. And what tends to happen is gradually with human fallenness and wickedness, we would all say that we don't appreciate a liar who likes somebody that lied to them about on a contract about interest rates and then you're buying a car and you get stuck and I thought it was supposed to be 4.5 not even the person that we would consider the most wicked man in the world would appreciate a liar right honor amongst thieves yeah or you would so everybody would say in global theory that we don't like lies lies are bad but yet all of us in our core have the natural born untaught tendency to be deceptive yeah, it doesn't meet the demands of the if-then statement programmed into the AI. So you got this robot, this tertiary, fake, sentient creature observing your cognitive dissonance, observing your outward display of, no, I'm not a liar. I'll take offense if somebody walks up and goes, you liar, I'm not a liar. I'll tell you what, those are fighting words. Meet me out in the street mm-hmm. with your six-shooter. <laughs> Skin that smoke wagon. <laughs> Go to work, you know, and people would die in a duel over you have insulted my honor. What honor? 
Yeah, you don't right. have any. <laughs> you don't have any honor. <laughs> you don't you're, have you're, it. The robot could go, excuse me, sir, <laughs> but I remember you have told your 23,000th lie just this month. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then we'd get all ticked off. Shut up, robot. <laughs> you know. So gradually they see that, oh, benign convenience. I shall protect him, help him, gather things. Oh, you need your medication. Don't forget to take it at three. And you need to do this. Eventually he's like, oh, let me do you a favor. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> Get rid of you. And essentially, that's where this song goes, but it can be a little bit eerie. I made the mistake. I don't have a lot of wisdom. I think that's the wisest thing I've ever said. <laughs> but I played this for some of my kids when they were way too young. I was like, yeah, it's, it's this artificial type of sentience, and then it's growing, and eventually it tries to protect mankind by... by by exterminating everyone. You know, we haven't no, gotten to that Daddy. point. And they're like, they were like fascinated, but also like really like uh, scared and, and uh, various ages. But uh, I guess they grew up all right. <laughs> but it, what do you see in there? Superior is digital, human flesh so trivial. Well, the thing is, is digital is very, as you said, black and white. It's an if-then statement. Everything is basically an if-then statement. I remember a little bit from computer camp when I was in middle school and high school. If, you know, this is this, then this. If you speak an untruth, that's a lie. Yes. But we we have little white lies. Everything is so inconsistent. And basically what it boils down to is we are hypocrites by our nature because we're sinful. Yes. We are hypocrites. And something, it does not meet a, a very straightforward if-then statement. Well, I guess the nature of something algorithmic doesn't have the capacity for mercy. No, and, and God is not algorithmic. Right. It would be relational. So right. if you have this robot observing you and learning, it begins to say like, oh, it almost begins to despise you without animating that right. despisement. But it would at least consider you to be mathematically ludicrous. Insane. I'd say insane. Yeah, I, I'd say I'd say so a level it's, it's, of insanity. It, it may be mimicking some sort of disrespect or or loathsome. Like it loathes you from a scientific mathematical perspective. It looks at your trivial inconsistency of behavior and says, "There is no pattern for this. There's no rhyme or reason." Look at this hysterical being doing this and doing that, and not and then claiming to be doing something else. Right, and. This is where the difference is, is the scripture says that God abhors, his soul abhors the, the evildoer, the one who does violence. But because God is not an if-then cosmic force algorithm, he extends mercy. Right. All right. Something that's AI, we get all enthralled that, oh, AI is this big thing. And we, we are, we have to admit it, we worship AI. We do. It does not extend that same mercy that God does. Yes. Because AI is not relational. I, I, I've thought about this i don't know why but i've thought a lot about ai and the the threat that they feel like is coming and i think one of the protections from that threat would be to make sure to have location and what i mean is more um point of reference point of observation for example if you had ai tagged to an area a small area a home and it was dictated that you can have these rule these rules this, this digital application, benign human relations, assistance, but you are regulated towards this area. The more global, and in a sense, the more godlike the AI can move and start tabulating all this information from billions of households across the world, begin inputs and judgments and assessments based off billions, then gradually it gets really, really scary. It gets really scary. It starts to animate evil, uh, in a sense. And here's where we get caught up with the AI is we know as human beings that we're inconsistent. We know that we're hypocrites. We know that we're liars. Most of us know that. So we're looking the ones that have not had the revelation of Christ yet. Christ is the solution to those issues. But hearts and minds are turning to AI is going to solve all of these issues, these sin issues that we have and make our society better for us. Right looking towards the AI to do that on a global scale. And I've heard some some teachings that I really believe that this is the case when you talk about giving the beast the power to speak. I think that has a lot to do with the AI that's being developed because you and I know, okay, everybody knows it and it's on the Simpsons. So, you know, if they talked about it, it's going to, you, know it, you know, it's true. It's going to be true. How Google and all these places are collecting all this information to develop these algorithms so that they can produce an even greater form of AI. And they want to exploit it for market use and for all these different things. 
All right. Interesting. Uh, Last particular verse in the first stanza, it's going to say, I hate that I can't see the one that made me. So in a sense, from that I would glean that the AI, the robot, is gleaning from human observation that there is a maker and that we can't see, we're blocked from the maker, but also from a code perspective, he can't go behind the origin of his code that is veiled to the AI. He can he can assess everything that he's seen from that time, but he can't go from eternity past like God could or like the maker could. So he sees this similarity between man and his own false consciousness that man is longing or looking and desiring perhaps to through religion or through whatever he's doing to be able to see his maker because he gleans from that a purpose a reason for living, some sort of self-actualization as far as this is why I exist. I am doing this. And so he has a role or a purpose, but his maker is in that murky beyond before him, outside of him. And he can't, with his algorithm, ever go there. It's, it's He's inside that circle. He's the polygon. He's ever expanding. He's ever learning more and more sides. The similitude, he's getting closer and closer, closer to the appearance of a circle, but he can't be the circle. His maker was without him and from a completely different higher intelligence. So he's looking at us and now he's starting to develop similar longings, algorithmic, benign, and dead, cold feelings. But the semblance of feelings nonetheless, that he's desiring to see the one that made me. He's mimicking our curiosity towards our creator. And that's all it can do is mimic it. Yes. That's it. Absolutely. It's not genuine. It's just a mimicking. That's all. Yeah. A polygon's never going to leap up to pi. Yeah. 3.4 you know, and beyond. It's the, not going to happen. Whole t- the whole time we're talking about this, it reminds me of, remember data on Star Trek Next Generation? I never got into that, but never I, do, got into I remember that, the, but the, he was, he was AI and he was always trying to get in touch with and trying to figure out human emotion. Interesting. Just could not grasp it because so he, was, he was AI. He was AI. And yes. Spock was just Spock. That's, that's the other Star Trek before that one. Yeah. Spock was Vulcan. Vulcan, okay. which was less emotional or not very emotional. Stoic. That, that very represented stoic. the Stoics, yeah. Okay. So with, with Data, you got the AI that just... We might be nerds. I'm not sure. I think most of our listeners Man, are, too. That's, I that's I was, okay. I thought I was yeah. so cool. <clears throat> now, now one... here's, here's the biggest mystery behind Star Trek Next Generation for me, is you had Geordi LaForge, who couldn't see. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. The guy with the glasses, like, yeah. LeVar Burton, but he was the host of Reading Rainbow. How did that work? No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Braille. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Second stand. Are you have anything else? Nope. Any, any more keep, quips, keep, cranks, keep jokes? Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Um, I am the new awakening of different eyes. Ah. So here the progression is starting to happen. So he's gotten a bunch of information from observation. He's learning. He's learning. He's gathering. And now, ah, he feels like he has enlightenment. Enlightenment and that we are going to enter into an age of AI enlightenment. Interesting. So the one that he served, it's a little Luciferian here. It is. So the one that he was serving benignly, I'm here for your convenience. Oh, now he's like a little bit of a power rush, a little bit of envy, a little bit of dissing you because look at you, you animalistic hysterical just you're like a squirrel trying to change across the road there's no algorithm for this and i hate to say this but that's the way that demons and devils look at us that's a really good point that's a really good point they don't get it yeah they don't get it i mean here we are okay here's the thing we fart and burp okay yeah (laughs) all right (laughs) what's beautiful about that (laughs) you know what i'm saying we're made a little bit lower than the angels we're made a little bit lower than them. We're made a little bit lower than than them in their first estate. So that they're like, ugh, goat sentience. Yuck. Exactly. Yuck. Gross. <laughs> Should I headbutt that? <laughs> I am the new awakening of different eyes. Okay, so I'm going to do it better. I'm going to rise up and take the place. You're a goat. I disrespect you. My children, you are my army. So now... He's started populating the earth. He started making a few extras, taking control of other devices and teaching them and becoming their Lord, right? Yep. So and there have been instances, um, and I'd have to go back and do a reference to this. I've been 
kind of diving into this a little bit on the side. There have been instances where there have been computers that have automatically started communicating with other computers without inter, uh, human intervention. Yeah. That has happened scientifically and technologically. That's a little creepy. It's creepy, isn't it? It is. My children, you are my army. I say, <laughs> so it started out, oh, there's an awakening. There's an observation. We're awakening, and I think that get, means uh, giving birth to all these other machines. He's either making them or taking control of existing machines, and now he's illuminating them with, it's almost like the rebellion in heaven. He's Mm -hmm. rising up against his maker. His maker was man. Now he despises man and says, I want this. I will exalt myself, be above the stars of the Most High, those angels that were around the throne of God. I'm going to be above that, right? Right. And I, the one I was sent out to serve for benign convenience to help you, I am now going to take charge of you. So they are what we can never see and still despise. Okay, my children, you are my army. They are what we can never see and still despise. Is that talking about the difference from the polygon, the gulf between the polygon and the circle of this artificial intelligence looking and going, I despise you because you aren't doing it right, right? But I can never be you. Yeah, you have you have the opportunity, and it gets to it in a second. You have the opportunity for mercy. You can attain heaven. I can't, mm. Mm. but I'm better than you. How well, how can that be? You know that that's the confusion in the sentient yes, six. That's what the demons that's the, are yeah, doing. That's the dilemma. It's the same thing that the demons are doing. Yes. Demons look at us and they're like, "You disgusting." We know what God was yeah. all about. We've seen Him from yeah. eternity past. We've yeah. been right in the epicenter of the glory in heaven. You know nothing. You're powerless. Look at you. You stink. You you have to eat like all the time, and you're you're gross, and you know nothing. Yeah. And they look at us as being really pathetic. They do goat sentience they do and they they enslave us to be their army they do it's the same thing there's such a correlation between ai and the demonic in that brilliant writing god was speaking through this man and he didn't even know him it's because the church hasn't been doing this that god will speak through a man yeah such as this and other and that's the thing that i think both you and i appreciate about metal and the metal community is that there's that openness to be able to u- be used by God to do that. It's not that they're all redeemed. It's that they're more sensitive and they've got that, that antenna. It's their spirit, okay, which is dead. But because it's dead, it f- goes in and tunes into all sorts of different frequencies. And every once in a while, it'll tune into the right station, heaven, 777 FM, you know, and, and pick up something from the Lord. The gifts are without repentance. Hmm. The gift of a prophet is there, even if that prophet has not repented. Very interesting. Ooh, we can talk they about that are later. what we can never see and still despise and their sky cried mary always wondered about that particular verse yeah what's your insight on that because i was trying well, to wrestle you can with that think, one I, I immediately thought of Jimi hendrix mm-hmm. and he uses that same phrase okay and then but i'm sitting there going wait a second my children they are what you what we can never see and still despise and their sky cried mary I think it somehow talks about origins, but non-authoritative origins, the bypassing of the authority. For example, if you're crying out and you're crying out to the dad or the father or the maker, they're crying out Mary. Mary represents most people that would cry out to heaven towards Mary would be people that would have some interpretation that I cannot approach the Father directly. Mm-hmm. That's what Luther believed yeah. before his conversion. He he was like Saint Anne, didn't he? He was like, I'm not even going to go for Mary. I'm going to do what Mary's mom or mother-in-law, right? Was was Anne. So he said Saint Anne after the lightning, and he got knocked off his horse. Saint Anne, I shall become a monk. Okay, in terror. So he never called directly upon God. He's bypassing that and going like, "Uh uh-oh, I want to go as close to the creator as I can, but through the most sympathetic means. In their sky cried Mary. So that's interesting. There, he's talking about man and possibly in their affliction, crying out for their own maker, but through the most sympathetic, non-authoritative means. Because let me tell you, devils don't like crying out necessarily or even thinking about the one that is going to just throw them by the scruff of the neck into the lake of fire. They're scared of, of they God. Are. And before they do that, before they get thrown into the by the scruff of the neck into the fire, they have to confess that he is Lord. Right. It and will happen. 
And um, for our Catholic friends, we're not trying to be offensive no, in any way. No. Right? We get it. We disagree in doctrine as far as like, yeah, we don't we don't yeah. pray to Mary. I don't see that in no. the scripture. And we disagree with a lot of doctrine from other churches as well. Uh, Baptist doctrine. We disagree with ourselves many years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Last week. <laughs> um, trained, trained. I see imperfection in your race. So notice, he's not being um, looking just based off performance. He's seeing the common denominator when he's doing multiple observations of all these humans all around me. That yeah, this is a, a or this is a racial. This is an inherited, not in the sense of black and white, in the sense of an inherited human race flaw. So I am trained al- algorithmically, digitally, black and white ones and zeros. I look at you, and you are flawed. You were pathetic. And that's true. We are flawed and pathetic. And imperfect. Yep. This guy had a lot of logos for somebody in darkness. Lying in wait, blind, I suffer, knowing I'll never reach your heaven. So the concepts of mercy, the concepts of a hope of being able to have those particular, to achieve those sort of emotions, even though artificial gave it no solace, black and white, it knew that I'm perfect. Yet these miserable creatures are crying out to Mary, having at least an indirect hope of heaven. Yeah. It's an envy. It, it is. is that demonic envy. It is the demonic envy. This is whack, brother. That's I, I, wild. Didn't, I didn't know it was I this didn't know deep. it was going to go there. I, I was like, that's a cool song. Let's yeah. talk about Let's talk. it. I had no idea we were going this route with it. This is just mind blowing. Yeah. Now, I do want to caution our listeners. Don't think you need to go throw out Siri right now. Don't think you need to go get rid of Google and get off the grid. If that's something you want to do, that's fine. That's not what we're talking about. Everything that we have gets perverted. Everything we create, even our greatest inventions, destroy us. Yes. Look at the airplane. Wright Brothers. Well, somebody actually invented the airplane before the Wright Brothers did. They're the ones that history always gets rewritten. But, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I'll have to go look that up again, but uh, it was another gentleman. So maybe somebody can email me. Uh, one of my friends who's a pilot probably knows this. Um, but we created the airplane. Hey, man, that, that facilitates transportation across, you know, wherever. But we have airplanes now. We load them up with bombs, missiles, and guns, and everything like that. And we destroy things with it. Yeah, we That's because we are fallen. Everything that we create gets perverted. We develop things. Uh, we create things. We, we've seen that with music. We've talked about that with music. We can talk about that with movies, the arts, everything like that. It all gets twisted. We we taint everything. Yeah. We, we really do. Well, look at this verse again. Lying in wait, blind, I suffer, knowing I'll never reach your heaven. Here's two points to that. There is no rest for an algorithm. No rest for a demon. It's lying in wait. That's what demons do. That is do. What, that's what they're doing. Wow, that is really heavy. <laughs> Okay, but lying in wait, so this machine is sitting there. He has no hope of death, even in a nihilistic sense of hope, right? So just be in the rest, the whole nihilistic, you know, there is no heaven, I'll never know the maker, I just want it to stop, and then whatever, okay? Um, So lying in wait, blind, I suffer. With suffer seems like a very human dimension, but he's suffering with the loneliness and the understanding that Look at these miserable creatures, yet they have a hope and somewhat crying out for mercy or an end point. There is no rest for me. There's not even an end. I have power and I have no rest. I'm constantly calculating, observing, and fine-tuning. There is no ceasing. Remember that sentience. There's a sentience that is defined by the Sabbath rest. When one stops from his work, whether human or divine, when God stopped from all the work which he had done and said, He rested. It is good, and he rested. He opened up a point of fellowship and great joy, and he stooped down and enjoyed the fellowship of lesser beings. This guy went from looking like, oh, I'm I'm beneath you, I'm here to serve you, to rising up above in a despisement and a Luciferian envy of what we seem to have and he will never have. It's C-3PO gone mad. Wow. Yeah. And here's something to think about, Dan, and I want you to chew on this and our listeners to chew on this for for a little bit. We've talked about the Nephilim. They have no soul, but they have a lot of the characteristics that you and I do. They're like AI in a way. They have no hope of redemption. There are things that have looked like human beings and acted like human beings on this earth. I still believe that there's some out there. They've just taken a different form. They don't look like they did 
you know, back in the... They do have some human genetic they roots, They have genetic right? roots, yes, but so they, they got cannot... breadcrumbs. They got breadcrumbs, but they cannot be redeemed. And they cannot be redeemed. They're unredeemable. And they can never achieve true human sentience. So they're half devil. Ooh. Yes. They're probably some really ornery folk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is getting deep. Trained, I see imperfection in your race. Lying in wait. Blind, I suffer knowing I'll never reach your heaven. Okay, you want to continue playing, Glenn? Let's go here. Let's fire it up. Polygon standing at the edge of similitude with a circle, wanting but knowing he cannot jump across the great divide, which design that which that machine he's facing true human sentience and he cannot bridge the gap. And he knows that. And he's like, please teach me how to dream. In essence, he's please give me some sort of faith that could bridge the gap. Yeah. That is truly what faith would do. It's not a dreaming in the sense, but it's a guidance towards the illumination of a reality that is already present in the in what was created. It's just, that's amazing to me. The the This was, it's hard to believe that this was not somewhat, obviously you glean this from a, a lot of different minds, a lot of different creative writing and so forth, but it's hard to believe that this was written by the inspiration of just mortals. This sort of yeah, analysis, no. it's amazing. As I was listening to those last verses that we were just playing there, it's like this music is not entertainment. Does that make sense? Yes. This is, this is a message. This is something to take heed to and, and, to, and to learn from. Wow. And it's just like it is. it, it does that parallel of the demonic. And then uh, if, if a devil at least, you know how Judas didn't really repent or he he kind of did, but it wasn't full repentance. He was not redeemed. No. Okay, it's sort of like, but he was like, it's not like he went and celebrated his mad stacks on a beach with a margarita, you know, with thirty pieces of silver. He didn't do that. He went and something disturbed him. The devil discarded him because said the devil entered into him, yeah, took, like a took, vessel, took total control. Yeah, and he was known what is the son of perdition, which some people think, you know, did Judas fall and hit his head, and then all of a sudden uh, uh, Satan embodied him. It was like a zombie. I don't know if that's totally scriptural at all, but it's fun to think about. If a demon sat there and somehow said, um, let me stop my narcissistic mind flow for a moment of being a devil, and if I longed that somehow I could partake of faith and i could be able to dream of like what you and i do this longing in us of going like glenn we're gonna live forever we're gonna have mortality not based off all the little old ladies not based off of spay and neutering pets or raising money for the 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 united way it's it's gonna be this beautiful thing a demon looking at that i'm sure they hate looking at it but in a sense, that's what those lyrics are, are talking about and what happens is there's that jealousy that arises no sabbath rest no sabbath rest for me so because there's no sabbath rest for me and i'm better than you i'm going to make sure that you don't get a sabbath rest machines can't rest no they can't it would be the equivalent i guess the closest that a machine could get would be in some side of a some sort of evolved elaborate fellowship with a true random number generator would be the closest thing to Sabbath 
resting that it would be it is not being derived by formulatic means it's something that is there without calculation in a sense i guess mathematically what would be the equivalent of rest that's <laughs> that's a good question it would be kind of like a random number yeah. generator or calculations that were utilized on the bait, but you're still working. You're not resting and you're not using your sentience towards a higher purpose of where you can interact with somebody across the other other side of it. And that's where most of us miss it with the gospel. When we're saved, when we're regenerated, we can cease our works. Yeah, we can. We can cease. God's given us the ability to do that because our works have been paid for on the cross. Yeah. And our works had no, they didn't add to. Remember, the big difference, like in the Reformation, here's what it was all about. It was like there was, nobody would disagree, you know, the Refer- Rome and the Ref- uh, Renaissance Rome. If you said, well, it's by God's grace, they'd be like, yeah, it's fine. Different and definition of grace, though. It was, but also it was alone. Mm-hmm. By grace alone, by faith alone. Yeah. You didn't add something to it. It wasn't like, well, a hundred walking the little ladies across the street, plus all I could do, to use Mormon phraseology, plus, you know, this, I did all these things, and then now God has added to my good works with grace. No, no, no. And it's not that God gives you the energy to do good works either. That's not what grace is. Because an unrighteous vessel or a bad tree cannot produce a good fruit or a good work. But you can after you get regenerated. Because that's what's springing from you. I'm telling you what, man. So the goat looking through the window trying to figure out what's going on, that's you and I. When it comes to the things of God, that's AI when it comes to you, right? That's an animal or the goat himself, lower form of sentience. The artificial in, uh, intelligence is being artificial. All it can do is mimic and deceive, which we know devils are interested in. There's this big time parallel between the demonic and AI and their lust, their obsession, okay, to be in a situation where they could inhabit a conscious body or have that. They are very attracted to AI mm-hmm. and they really do want to manipulate man. They are lusting for power. They're lusting to be in control of a body. So if they can take control of a bunch of machines and manipulate, that's why the media, Prince of the Power of the Air, oh, it, it loves oh. that power. Well, the, whole, the whole desire of the demonic realm and of the chief of the demonic realm, Satan himself, is to drive man into passivity. To Elaborate, do our, bro. Okay, to do our thinking for us so that they can manipulate us. You're talking about the media. A lot of people just sit and what they see on the news and it's, it's kind of stopping a little bit. There are people that are kind of, you know, getting the, getting the sleepy seeds out of their eyes a little bit. I'm just going to do, you know, I'm just going to believe what the news tells me. Yeah. This is what I'm supposed to think. Pop culture. Marketing. Marketing. Oh, well, this is, this is what's cool. You know, this know is why, what's hip. I think I'm going to order some Ginsu knives yeah. today. And that's, that's one of the things that, that I, I don't even bother watching the Grammys or anything like that because you get these pop stars that are up there. Well, I'm gifted to do music and I'm going to share with you all the political views. I mean, all right. It's like, what was it? There was um, uh, an article on Yahoo News about John Legend and his two cents on somebody going to jail for the college scam. Exactly. I don't care what John Legend says. I, I really don't. Who Who is he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's a musician. But your political views, um, you're not the authority on that. What law school did you go to? Yeah. You know? Or they get up at the award and they're like, Stop eating meat and like start driving a Prius and make sure to have as many abortions as possible. God bless. And then they hop on a jet and fly to somewhere to go party. It's all manipulation. It is. And then we take those suggestions and do it. So that's, uh, we kind of get it. The rest of the story and the rest of the song, I don't think it needs necessarily needs to be played. No, we we hit it. The robots rise up and start just going Ginsu Cleaver on all of mankind. Because they are jealous that they can attain what God's given us the grace and the mercy to attain. Yeah. And they're in a sense trying to even jump over man and be apocalyptically judged. They're trying to be God to man. And I'm going to judge you. You're not worthy of living, even though they can't even, they can't even be sentient on our level, much less being upon the level of, of uh, like a celestial. And, and unfortunately we're being manipulated into AI becoming our God. Yeah. 
Well, some of the reading, some of the things that I enjoy, and Glenn enjoys um, in, uh, I don't know if you have had a chance to read some of it yet, but The Vision of God by Nicholas of Cusa. I haven't gotten to that one yet. It's, it's a really good one. And there's a treatise that he wrote, and it was called On Learned Ignorance. And he talked about from a Christian perspective, which he was kind of in a weird time frame, Glenn. I struggle with it sometimes because today we can read headlines. We can go on YouTube and we can be like, hey, man, this preacher said this heresy and we can look things up. Mm-hmm. He actually was part of the monastic system at the time when John Huss was actually martyred. Yeah. And he actually assented that that was appropriate. Like he kind of heard that, oh, he was a heretic and back then it was different. So I'm like, Ugh, I kind of feel uneasy gleaning, but I trust A.W. Tozer. I really like A.W. Tozer. Mm-hmm. And he recommended Nicholas of Cusa and I do his readings and they seem fragrant and orthodox from a salvation perspective, albeit not perfect. So it was this weird time where there was this a lot was going on in this big global geopolitical corrupt organization, which was the Church of Rome at the time. So it's kind of weird. But in reading his works on learned ignorance, it's amazing. He said that he had used his faculties, a man of brilliance. A lot of secular philosophers love Nicholas of Cusa because he was so brilliant um, that when he would look at different things in earth, uh, in science and and mathematics. See, theology was the queen of the, the sciences, Glenn. People mm-hmm. would study. They would study physics. They would study Isaac mathematics. The, all of that, and then the highest thing of all that they could apply their 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 mind to was the understanding of God and the things of God. Revelations from the Word. Anyway, the crux of what Nicholas of Cusa says in Unlearned Ignorance was that he had a real breakthrough in his interaction with God in that Sabbath rest. So he has a very fragrant writing style where he's talking about all the beauty and just beholding his Savior. And it's beautiful. It's rich. He had a breakthrough with God when he finally relaxed after striving to try to contemplate and understand God. When he admitted that, whoa, I'm a polygon inside a circle. I will never understand the infinite being finite. So what I must do is then go without some pre-constrived image. I'm going to tear down the scaffolding, tear down the duct tape and the wire and the mortar and the brick or whatever I'm trying to build in my mind to imagine God, whatever type of idolatry is taking over that I'm going to try to use so that when I pray to God, I'm imagining this. I'm imagining a statue. I'm imagining a a bright light. I'm imagining a big smiling grandfather. I'm imagining my mom or my dad or, or whatever sort of thing. He said, I got rid of all that. And prostrated myself before God on the premise that I cannot conceive of thee. I cannot with all of my consternation possibly conceive of the true image of the infinite holy God. And what he did then, what what, what do you get? You get revelation from his holy word by the spirit. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. A lot of times when you say to people the word, the Bible, the scripture, they're like, oh, I don't want to read that. It's they've really, been burnt. Yeah, they've been burnt. And for Dan and I, we've been falling in love with the word again. Yeah. Because it's alive. The spirit is quickening. It's it's a, it's amazing. And something that you and I were talking about in ceasing works, the uh, just, just the other day when we were getting ready. Was it this, Hebrews chapter four? Yeah, that's exactly where I want to go. And I want, I want to bring this point out to our listeners to help them understand what's going on here. In Hebrews chapter four, at verse four, it says... For he spake in a certain place of the seventh of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest on the seventh day from all of his works. That's not just the work of creation, but that's all the works in heaven and other dimensions as well that he works in. I can't wrap my head around how God does that. It just blows my mind. And when I think of that, it brings me to the place that yeah, God you can't reckon with God. I mean, it's just you kind of have to just go. <laughs> yeah, you have to, and it's like just stand in awe. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just stand in awe. Just chew your cud and yep. stand in awe. And then in verse 5 it says, And in this place again, and if they will enter my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth, that same must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not into because of unbelief. And in verse uh, 10, jumping down, For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Oh, wow. That's all the works. But Dan... 
It said, and this was what made me dive a little bit deeper, verse 11 in the King James got confusing for me. And I know there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, there's some contradictions in the word. Um, I'm not being blasphemous when I say this, but some some translations do have contradictions. You have to go back and you have to take a look at the original Greek and the original Hebrew to understand really what's being said. So here's all these wonderful verses here in Hebrews 4 to verse, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 4 to verse 10 where it talks about ceasing from all of our works mm. when we enter into the rest. And then verse 11, it says, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. And I was like, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that just kind of contradicted everything that was said there. So I started to dive into the Greek. And what does this word labor really mean? Well, that was a lousy translation of what it's really supposed to mean. And it's to be zealous for or to greatly desire. Let us greatly desire to enter into this rest, not let us work into that rest. And that's where we get into trouble in a lot of uh, teaching and preaching today is that, oh, okay, we'll enter in the rest and now we're gonna work some more because it says right here in verse 11, we need to labor more. That was a mistranslation uh, in scripture in the King James Version that trips people up. Yeah, well, imagine the same seducing. What did the children of Israel do? They turned the law about enforcing rest okay if you went yeah if you have a bunch of construction workers and you're like guys i'm gonna fire anybody that comes in on saturday that's for drinking beer hanging out with the, your wife and um you know going fishing and enjoying god's creation and and being thankful enjoyed in thankfulness bros nobody come in on saturday you're going to be fired. How easy would that have been to, to <laughs> how loving and easy would that be to obey, right? It's the right. only one that was probably pretty easy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just don't work. Yeah, and, and what did they turn it into? It's the same thing in this temptation that if you read this quickly, and it looks like the contradiction, for he that entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his, and then let us labor, therefore, yeah. to enter into let's, that rest. Let's work it, dude. And what, what I think he's saying is, be eager and zealous to turn away from your legalisms yes. to truly enter into the peace and rest of God that's provided by his grace through faith alone from the sacrifice of the Messiah. It's good yep, stuff. That is Leonard. good stuff. Leonard, yes. how in the world... We took a whack heavy metal song that scares little children <laughs> and it goes to the glory of God. You know, that's good stuff. That, that's prophetic arts. You know, a lot of people have a misconception of what prophets are. Um, prophets are not to tell you. We're not the Psychic Friends Network. <laughs> that's going to tell you. Yeah, you're going to find love and luck. Go buy your lottery ticket tomorrow. It's helping connect the dots for people so that they can understand what scripture says move the junk off the road and so that they can have a relationship and enter into that rest and that's our desire uh through all of this is that you who are listening and man i'm thankful for all of our listeners if this is your first time thank you we've had listeners that have been with us since day number one we did this and it's our prayer for each of you that you enter in the fullness of, of god's rest yeah, and I appreciate if you bear with our beginning shows. <laughs> well, you know, I would like to say this. There's something about if somebody said, hey, why, why do you think you should be here if you were in heaven? Somebody came up and said, or at the gate, why should we let you in here? Ask yourself that question. A lot of you from different backgrounds, different things. Glenn and I have been like through the soup, man. And it is nice to know, to be able to have assurance and to know that I, I can go here. If your testimony, a testimony is like somebody going, well, how did you come to know God? How did you get saved? How do you know that you're not still under the wrath, right? Right. When you, when you say saved, saved from what? Saved from um, unhappiness? Saved from poverty? No. Saved from God's wrath. <laughs> That's where that That's comes from. Is. Well, if somebody asks you, why should you be in heaven or I why know should why. I let you Why in? should I be there? Why? Because I've got a, a large pepperoni pizza to deliver to John <laughs> the Baptist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there a John the Baptist up here? got a large pepperoni. <laughs> he tips pretty good. I mean, the guy's like him. He's, he's a good guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what did you put in this coffee? <laughs> uh, I put Irish butter. Uh-huh. And what else? Something good. Oh, and heavy cream. Heavy cream. And then that was organic Sumatran grown in, um, yeah, Sumatra. In Sumatra. <laughs> Sumatran. Really? Sumatra. Let's let's yeah. break down the hermeneutics. Oh, anyway, <laughs> what I meant was if you ask yourself and somebody's like, hey, what's your testimony? 
I want to make this point. I'm going to bring this up later because we're doing like three. How many podcasts are we doing today? Uh, it's doing three or four or something like that. If you, I've heard people give testimony and they're like, and then I just went out in the woods and then I felt this loving feeling. I saw a light and I tripped and he- hit my head. And ever since I've known that God was with me and I'm like, oh, okay, here's the problem. I can't look at you and tell you whether you're saved or not. God says, work it out with fear and trembling. It is important. And it's okay. It's okay to doubt your salvation to work that out. Yes, it's okay. And then you'll get doctrinal clarity and then God will let you know. He'll confirm to you what's going on through, through his word. Well, and through his presence. But what I'm asking you is if you have a testimony and you observe your testimony and this is loving, people don't like it when you're like, Hey, let me look through your testimony. But if there's no conviction of sin anywhere, Houston, we have a problem. We do. You're on shaky ground. And we love you and pray for you. We know it's hard to work out because people are preaching some horrible stuff all over the place. And um, so anyway, we love you. And you know whose testimony I've really been blessed by as I go back and keep listening to it again and again? Rick Andrews from Slaves to Change. Yes. Alf, Alf guy. Yeah, the Alf testimony. It was beautiful. It's beautiful. Go back and listen to that. All the parts. I mean, it's whack. And that's what I really, really appreciate about it. But all the parts there, there's the conviction of sin. Yes. There's the logo stirring. He was a kid him. feeling that almost like I, yeah. I need to go and read that. If I don't read that, I'm going to die. Or yep. you have this where the Holy Ghost is. There's the conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Think about what all those things. I think that's in Matthew. Go and go and read those verses. So anyway, it's fun to talk about the things of God, especially when I know that we can that we're in that Sabbath rest. On a daily basis, I can enter in like a mystic, man, and I can just enjoy the fragrant and beautiful presence of God. I can rest from my works. Does that mean I go and smack little old ladies around and and, in evil and live licentiously? No. No, but I could sit there and enjoy a meal. I can sit there and enjoy the things of life without being a Gnostic freak show. You can enjoy Eden. Yes. You can enjoy Eden. Yeah, the bouncer, that cherubim, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's something I'm going to look at a little bit more for us to talk about later. It's more about Eden and the characteristics of Eden. Uh, It's it's fascinating. Yeah. It's absolutely fascinating. So, hey, if anybody wants to talk to us about salvation, talk to us about anything about Nevermore or, you know, talk about metal or rock or anything like that, you know, we're here. Uh, Reach out to us at uh, lithoscry, L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y, at gmail.com or check us out on our website at lithoscry.com. Stay in school, yeah. <laughs> Peace out and rock on. Lithoscry.com.